Welcome to another edition of ATL Prime Sports. I'm JJ Jurjevich. Joining me this evening is the one, the only Wayne Ridenauer in Memphis, Tennessee, our fabulous producer. No TC, no Larry tonight. Our thoughts and prayers are with TC as he goes to a small medical procedure. And Larry is doing his thing calling the Rome Braves tonight. You can find us all at ATL Prime Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, Apple and Spotify. Please like and subscribe if you like the content. At JJ Get You One for my personal X account, at RWY Junior for Wayne, at Quarter Todd for TC Todd Quarter, and at LG for Real Go for Larry Garner. Wayne, you and me tonight, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm doing better than uh, Kansas City and uh, Oakland, who are surprisingly already eliminated uh, from the playoffs. So I guess uh, who knows what they're playing for at this point? Pride? <laughs> yeah, you're definitely doing better than they are. I'm doing well, and I'm not as well as the Braves, though. We went 8-2 and two on their latest road trip. Took three or four from the Los Angeles Dodgers to give them a little bit more cushion in that NL playoff race for the number one seed. Braves and the Cardinals meet tonight for a three-game set starting in Atlanta. Pennant race is uh, coming to a close, Wayne. I'm excited. Uh, your <laughs> Rangers are right in the thick of things out in the well, AL West. My Braves are cruising that, that, towards that, the end of the season. Let's uh, let's hope for some fun in October, man. Yeah, well, that ALS, AL West is super weird right now. you got two teams in the tank, and you got three teams uh, a game apart trying to see who's going to be in the lead. It sure is a bloodbath out there in the AL West. What's on tap for today's show? Wayne, we're going to do a quick one, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you got to get somewhere, and let's face it, all we want to do is to pick six. After <laughs> two weeks of college football, who impressed you the most? And, of course, I mentioned it, the pick six. That's what we're doing. That's it. Let's start this thing off. Who impressed you the most from the first two weeks of college football, Wayne? Was it your Memphis Tigers? Who who was it? Well, actually, I'm going to pick uh, two people. Uh, one is a defensive coach uh, like for it. North Carolina, Gene Chizik. Uh, I'm not sure if his defense was shining because South Carolina's offense was not so good or if he's just got that team going in the right direction. And the other one would be Shadur Sanders. Uh, I would have never expected that kind of performance first game of the season uh, away. You know, that's like a home game performance. Uh, three games, four games in, not a uh, opening away game performance. And that's pretty shocking. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I like it. I like how you went with the personal touch there. There was a lot of impressive performances we're going, I'll go the team aspect of it. Right. I mean, There's no doubt about it. It's Florida State. <laughs> Quarterback Jordan Travis, 342 yards, four touchdowns. He did throw the one interception, but he ran in for another score. So a rushing TD there. Look, Michigan State transfer Keon Coleman was their best player on the field uh, m Monday night and then our uh, Sunday night in that blowout. Look, yeah, the Michigan State transfer had three touchdowns, 122 yards in that game. Uh, that's his Florida State debut. So, absolutely breathtaking performance from Coleman. Really stood out amongst the receivers in that FSU room. 
Florida State's running back room got a decent push from the O-line, rushing for 135 yards on 35 carries between five or six guys. So Florida State looked good. Your, your former Memphis Tiger head yeah. coach, Mike Norville, looks to really have uh, really built something in Tallahassee with the transfer portal and with the mesh of guys that he has recruited. And he's done a wonderful job. So that is my number one most impressive performance, no doubt about it. If you're judging by one week in a college football playoff, Florida State would be my number one seed. But guess what? I don't do that. I don't like to jump to conclusions after one week. I'm still putting the dogs at the top because they haven't been beaten in 18 straight games. And they have like 15 30-point wins over the last two seasons. So I'm sticking with the dogs in that aspect of number one. But Florida State did get a couple first-place votes in the latest AP poll. Another honorable mention for me, most impressive over the weekend, uh, and this was really close to me. I almost put Washington and the Huskies yeah. and Michael Penix Jr. Ooh. right there in that discussion with Florida State. Yeah. Here's why they beat a pretty good Boise State team, Wayne. Yeah. You've seen Boise State. I've seen Boise State beat some of the big boys, Georgia included, a couple of years ago. I know that team's completely different, but they have the history of opening up and winning big games at the beginning of the season. They did it against Oregon a couple times. So beating a good Boise State team 56 to 19, like the Huskies did, again, led by Michael Penix Jr., threw for 450 yards, five scores. And Larry mentioned it last week. Yeah. Wide receiver Rome Adunzi had a doozy of a game. Seven catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown there. So Washington looked really impressive. That's my honorable mention. But Florida State was the most impressive team. And I like what you did there, Wayne. Shakir Sanders had a wonderful game. Threw for over 510 yards, a personal record for him in his whole football career. A Colorado record right off the yeah. bat. But let me let me touch on Colorado. I want all of these media pundits to stop doing the live in the moment thing. It's <laughs> one week of football, one week of lousy football for some schools, two weeks if you're Southern Cal and Notre Dame. But look, in the thick of things, there's 11 more football games to play. Clemson's win, uh, Clemson's loss at Duke could be completely thrown out the window in a couple of weeks if they turn around and beat the Seminoles in ACC play. So let's hold off on the hot takes on Colorado. They beat a good TCU team that lost yeah. quite a bit of talent from the national championship runner-up team last year. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not this hot take Sally guy. I, I am just simply going to call it like it is. They played a wonderful game. Deion Sanders had a great debut, but here's the long haul of things. Nobody wants to talk about it. Travis Hunter, as good as he is on defense and offense, how many players do you know, Wayne, that can consistently play at a Power 5 FBS level 120-plus snaps a game? I don't know many that can do that. I don't even think Charles Woodson, Champ Bailey, some of the best two-way players that have ever played college football have even done that. So, well, if, if I think if, if Bobby Bowden would have allowed it, uh, Deion Sanders could have been one of those. Yeah, oh, he played. He played both ways a little bit, but he didn't play like that. No. I mean, that's a lot. Of, I mean, that's like high school ball, man. This isn't high school football. This is Power 5, Pac-12 football. And the Pac-12 went 13-0 and on their opening weeks. So, that's yeah. cool. They're well, going away with style, I guess. But, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes. I kind of got into my final thought there. 
I'll, I'll do another one now, but that was my final thought. Is let's pump the brakes on these Colorado overhyped talks. Look, they got a really tough schedule. They got Southern Cal, they got Utah on the slate, they got Washington on that slate. Let's see what they do in those games late in the season when the Pac-12 championship could be on the line. And if Travis Hunter can play that many snaps every single week, I'll just give it to him. I'll say hats off. But I think Colorado is going to be a good football team. I think their ceiling's about eight and four, nine and three, which is more than I predicted at the beginning of the season after losing 51 players to the transfer portal and then revamping that school. But hats off. They already matched their win total from last year. So I'm not taking anything away from the Buffs. They played great. They beat a good football team, and they should be happy out there in Boulder, Colorado. But uh, let, let's pump the brakes on Colorado, and let's see him play um, a, another solid opponent this week against Nebraska, and let's see what happens. What, yeah. Any final thoughts on uh, who impressed you in the first couple of weeks of uh, college football before we get into this thing? No, I, I just to bounce off your point there, I I don't like the fact that they rank teams preseason I don't think they should be ranking teams till maybe the third or fourth game because in essence, what it does is it takes a team like uh, Florida, who in my opinion were overranked and it's obvious now, and it's going to take two or three losses from them to fall out of the top 25. So it's like, it would be like in baseball if a, a, a batter get to start on second base, you know, <laughs> instead of having to start from home plate. So I just don't, I think it's uh, something that should be done later in the season instead of early. Hey, I like I like the point. You know, we got to have something to talk about, so we we put the rankings out there. I don't have any problem with preseason rankings, but I'm with you. I I wish preseason rankings were were talked more about. Hey, it's preseason. It's preseason hype. Well, uh, and, and let's go with it. But uh, yeah, let, let's let's go ahead and get into the pick six, Wayne. Uh, we, we got we got uh, short and sweet show today, folks. So if you like the content, please give us a like, give us a subscribe, follow us at ATL Prime Sports on all platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, Apple, Spotify. Just give us a search, give us a like, and a subscribe. Please, please, please. So ATL Prime Sports pick six. It's uh, week, uh, week to week. We pick six football games from the upcoming week. Lines and spreads are from Monday per Caesar Sportsbook. I always got to say that. Six games, three college, three pro this week, and uh, Larry and Wayne will give their uh, Larry and TC will give their picks as we go. Ole Miss one and zero at number twenty four. Tulane one and zero. Mississippi seven point favorites. The over under in that one is sixty four. The Rebels come in ranked twentieth. Saturday three thirty p.m. on ESPN two at Yulman Stadium in New Orleans, Louisiana. Wayne, I'll go with you first, buddy. What, what, what say you? Well, I, I think that uh, Ole Miss is going to win this game, but it's going to be a close game. And so I'm going to take Tulane in the points. Uh, Tulane at home is never an easy game, and they always like to, you know, act as headhunters and knock some of these uh, higher-ranked teams off. Uh, they did it to USC in their bowl game last year, had a comeback on them in the second half. And I'll tell you what, here's my thoughts on the game. It's going to be, this was a tough game to pick for me because Tulane is at home. They do have a little home field advantage, home cooking. Both quarterbacks, Jackson Dart and Michael Pratt, are coming off huge performances in their opening uh, starts. Dart and Pratt both threw for four touchdowns and zero interceptions. That's good. 
Dart threw for 334 yards. That's good. Pratt, 294. But Pratt was deadly, deadly accurate with that football. 93.3% completion percentage, 14 of 15. One in, in one, four times as many touchdown passes as incompletions Pratt had last week. Yeah. So that's huge. Um, Tulane's defense will be the key in this game to watch. Held, held a pretty good South Alabama team to just 75 yards rushing, 190 passing yards. They forced five, five turnovers in that game, which is the ultimate equalizer, as my colleague Todd Corder would like to say. If they can perform a similar uh, game plan, take the ball away from Ole Miss. Watch out. Anything can happen. But I like Ole Miss. Right. Ole Miss to cover. Too many players to defend for the Green Wave. Qu- uh, Quishon, uh, excuse me, Quinshawn J- Judkins, the running back. Uh, Trey Harris made a name for himself as a wide receiver for the Rebels Nation last week. Three touchdowns in the first quarter. Yes, it was against Mercer, but still pretty impressive. Four total touchdowns in that game. Yet added one more in the air later. Uh, Memphis transfer, Caden uh, Presscorn. You know all about that guy. Yeah. He's a great tight end. First team All-American Athletic Conference last year. He's on Ole Miss now. I think the Green Wave have a lot to game plan for. That's why I think the Rebels' defensive line will also help them pull away late in this game. I'm thinking Rebels 38-21. So, again, I like the Rebels to cover. Larry thinks the same thing. Ole Miss covers, and so does DC <laughs> Todd Quarter. Well, so hey, three of got... us are going with the Rebels. All right. I'm, I've got one uh, extra th- question to ask you. Is uh... – are they going to allow Juice Kiffin to travel with the team and retrieve the tees? I sure hope so, because that is fun to watch. Dog's got his own Twitter account yeah. and uh, about the best trained animal I've ever seen. So pretty impressive. Juice the dog Williams. <laughs> I had to look him up. Thought he was Help. a player, Wayne. Thought <laughs> he was a player. Put him in there. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in there. So, uh, again, Wayne's taking Tulane in the points. Larry. TC, myself, taking the Reds to cover. Game two, college football, 70th, 70th edition of the coveted Cyhawk Trophy. Maybe this one should be called the Sports Betting Bowl, brought to you by DraftKings. I'm just teasing, but it's <laughs> Iowa 1-0 at Iowa State 1-0. Iowa's a four-point favorite. Over-under in this one is a whopping 36.5 points. Vegas thinks this one's going to be a low scorer, boring game maybe to watch. I think this will be an interesting one. I'll go first here. 3.30 p.m. on Fox. The Cyclones are playing without quarterback Hunter Deckers. Turned, uh, you know, they turned to the, the gambling thing, so he's suspended. Freshman Rocco Beck who threw for 113 yards and two TDs versus Northern Iowa last week. Only threw the ball 13 times. Accurate, though, 10 completions. This is an Iowa defense that can play with the best of them, Wayne, with cornerback Cooper DeJohn, a first-team All-Big Ten player, roaming the defensive backfield. He had three. Three pick sixes last year. One of the best offensive players for Iowa was a defensive player right there. And DeJohn. And DG, excuse me. And uh, look, I, I think Iowa gets the job done for that reason. I think he picks off the freshman, turns this game around with the late turnover, like last year's game where Iowa State turned Iowa over late in the game and flipped the tides. I like the Hawkeyes 
to take on the Cyhawk. They cover. Yeah. What say you? Well, I'm taking uh, Iowa to cover as well. Uh, I looked at this matchup, and the first thing I was thinking of is, uh, is this going to be as good as when these two schools play basketball against each other? And there's a chance it could be. That's very, very uh, intense rivalry. Uh, fans get really into it. And the Cyhawk Trophy is just really cool. I enjoy watching this game. I enjoy picking it as well. I try and pick this one every year just because it's such a cool rivalry in college football. Biggest, most marquee matchup of the weekend, number 11. Wait a second. What is it? Who does? Who does? Who does? What is it? Number Stop. three, Alabama, 1-0 as well. Uh, that is Texas and Alabama, folks. Last year was a juggernaut of a game, a one-point win in Austin by Alabama. Alabama's a seven-point favorite this time over under, and this one's 56. Very similar line to last year, if I remember correctly, and it was a clunker of an offensive performance from both teams. 7 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. Wayne, what say you? Well, who decided that this was going to be a seven-point spread? That's Some guy a, in Vegas somebody, I think, your sports I, book. I, and I'm I very, think... very disinterested in that spread, but we're picking it because it is the marquee action, yeah. and it's the toughest spread I've really seen in college football. Obviously, short season so far, but this this is a tough spread to pick against. Um, what do you say, Wayne? I'm I'm picking Alabama to win uh, and cover, uh, and I I expect them to win by more, maybe more than 14 points. That's why I'm saying I think the spread should have been more. Ooh, you're thinking it should have been more. Yep. Well, Wayne, <laughs> we're on the same page, buddy. Right. I, I, I I think Texas started off slow last week. They can't afford a slow start in Tuscaloosa, in the old T-Town. I think the key here is Bama's wide receivers versus Texas defensive backfield. Jermaine Burton, Isaiah, uh, um, Kobe Prentice and company. Uh, Terrence Brooks, cornerback there. Ryan Watts, the quarterback, cornerback for Texas. That's going to be your key matchup. Alabama's just deep at receiver. Uh, absolutely loaded there. And I, I think that's the difference. If Alabama receivers are able to get the separation that I think they will, that will allow Milrow and his big arm to go to town and take advantage of a couple plays. Because I do think whoever runs the ball better will win this game. And last year... Uh, McClellan outrushed now Falcons running back beyond Robinson by 40 yards with 15 less carries. So Alabama was able to run the ball, and to me that was the reason why they were able to edge Texas out in that game. Obviously a couple of miscues late, I understand that, but time of possession will be huge in this game, and um, I just think Alabama covers. I, I think they're at home this year. It's going to be a little bit less... Uh, Rowdy of an environment, be more home friendly, and and let's face it, people are going to get in Sarkeesian's head. It's his first time back since he was the OC there in nineteen and twenty. So lots of fun storylines in this game, but I am with you as well. I think Alabama covers. Larry and Wayne, let's see what they. Uh, excuse me, uh, TC and Wayne, let's see what they have to say. Of course, TC went with the old ball coach Nick Saban and Alabama to cover, and Larry is going with Bama in the cover, but he did put in there Bama by seven. So if he calls the push, if it's a push, I'm going to give him the point on that. I'm telling right. everybody right now, I'm telling the listeners right now, Larry called it minus seven. He's basically playing for the push. 
If Alabama wins by seven, I'm going to give Larry that point. We're, we're, right. we're setting the rules right here, and I think we're fine with that. So, again, Larry got Bama and the cover, but we're giving him the benefit of the doubt because he did call the push. TC got Bama to cover. I got Bama to cover, and you got Bama to cover. Yeah. Last time that happened, UNC whooped the living crap out of South Carolina. So let's see uh, yeah. what happens this week. Uh, let's go to the NFL opening weekend of the NFL. Panthers-Falcons, 1 p.m. Sunday on Fox. Wayne, I'm pretty sure you're taking the Falcons. Just give me a head nod if you're going with the Falcons. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Falcons to cover. Because uh, we're, we're all going even, with the Falcons. Even, even though they've got a hook there. That hook doesn't bother me when it's behind a three. Yeah, you know, I, I like the Falcons in this one, too. Here's here's two simple reasons, and I got two words for you. Rookie quarterback. Yeah. Rookie quarterback. And Bryce Young, as athletic and talented as he is, I think he's going to give the Falcons defense fits for a while. But once they settle down, Nielsen, Ryan Nielsen will have this team ready to play. I think you're going to see the Falcons get after the quarterback a little bit better than they have in years past. And I think Kyle Pitts, Beyond Robinson, Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier, I think you're going to see some form of combination where either, if not all three, two out of those three running backs are going to be on the field to open up the game with Drake London, Scotty Miller, and Matt Collins. Look, I really like this Atlanta program. The, the, the what, what Arthur Smith has done in the offseason and Terry Fontenot have done is influx this team with talent. They did not have that last year. I think they have done that this year, and I think the Panthers are in an opposite position. They were moving up to get Bryce Young. They let go of DJ Moore. They did bring in some pretty good talent. They got Hayden Hurst in there and tight end, and uh, Miles Sanders is a running back position, but I just think the Falcons' defense will be just a little bit better in the win by a touchdown. So you got the Falcons. I got the Falcons. Larry's got the Falcons, and by gum, Terry, uh, uh, my my dad's got the Falcons. That's why I said Terry, but TC, TC's got the Falcons, and he never picks the Falcons. <laughs> so again, we got all four of us going with the Falcons. Hopefully that one doesn't backfire on us. We're yeah. all looking pretty similar here. Um, I don't know why I did the Falcons first. But there's a, right. that is Sunday at 1 p.m. Lions at Chiefs. That is the Thursday night football. That will kick off the season. I meant to do that one first. But, <laughs> hey, we're getting back to it. We're circling back to it. Right. 8.20 p.m. Thursday night on NBC. Lions at Chiefs. Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Kansas City, six and a half point favorites. Remember, we go by Monday's spread. I say that to say this. Well, let me get the over-under first. Over-under, 54 and a half. The line has dropped significantly since the news broke of Travis Kelsey hyper-extending his knee in practice earlier Tuesday. He is questionable for Thursday's games. Um, if Kelsey can't go, Noah Gray, Blake Bell will be expected to replace him. Also, the line probably moved a little bit because it was official that defensive lineman Chris Jones will continue his holdout and he will not play Thursday night. So that line has moved a point and a half in favor of the Lions. But we get it at Monday. We got it before the injury, so we are getting it at six and a half. Lions at Chiefs, KC minus six and a half. Um, to me, it's it literally comes down to this. I want to pick the Chiefs to cover, but I have this theory 
that when teams are celebrating a championship in their opening season the next year, I would like to see the record of those teams. Any sport, the Braves lost their home opener in dramatic blowout fashion after winning the world championship in 21. I'd like to see the record of teams celebrating championships and, and playing on a opening night, big time game like this. I'm taking the Lions in the points because of it. And I'm taking them because of Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones is effective enough to get to the quarterback and stop the run because you have to double team them. So I think Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey's hyperextension, I'm taking Lions in the points. I'm not going to call a winner. I'm just going to take the points because it wouldn't surprise me if KC does go ahead and win this game by seven points just because they're absolutely loaded. Running back, wide receiver, every everywhere you look, they got playmakers, and, of course, they got old Pat Mahomes. So I'm taking Lions in the points, but I'm not real confident about it. Wayne, what say you? Uh, I'm going to take the Lions in the points as well, but – I think that Kansas City will probably win the game and it'll probably be about three points or something. And I, I get the feeling that it's going to come down to some kind of last five minutes of the fourth quarter maneuver by Kansas City to push ahead and win the game. Uh, but I, with the points, I'm taking the Lions to uh, win the bet. Yeah, it's a lot of points in the NFL, folks. It's a lot of points. All right, so we're doing our final game of the weekend monday night football 8 15 p.m on espn bills at jets buffalo's two and a half point road favorites over under in this one is 46 and a half i'll tee this one off key matchup here tredavious white versus wide receiver and rookie of the year garrett wilson whoever wins those battles on a consistent basis is going to give their team a significant advantage. Also look out for defensive ends Leonard Floyd and Greg Rousseau to wreak havoc on the Jets O-line. That was not up to par last year. I think whichever quarterback outplays the other will win, and that quarterback will be Josh Allen. Look, a a awful playoff experience for Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. We saw the rift between them at the end of the game last year. Walking off the field, upset. I think they get that fire back, and I think they are the best team in that division. This is a divisional game. I like the Bills. I like the Bills pretty handily. I don't know if the Jets are as good as everybody says they are because they got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had a declining year last year for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to need to see Aaron Rodgers get up in the thirty mid-30s for touchdown passes in order for this Jets team to really flourish, and I don't know if I see that happening. Give me the Bills. To cover, Wayne, what say you? I'm taking the Bills to cover as well. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, spread is not more. To me, if it would have been more, if it would have been like six and a half, seven and a half or something, I might have taken the Jets and the points. But at two and a half, I'm taking the Bills to uh, cover. Yeah, absolutely. Now, TC, Todd Quarters got the Jets and the points there, and Larry's taking the Bills to cover. He says, Bills, by a field goal, uh, by a field goal. I held up four fingers, threw one in there for no reason. Anyway. That's the the new field goal line. Uh, Last four minutes of the game, if you can kick a field goal from the 50-yard line, they give you 20 points. (laughs) New football, right? Well, folks, after last week, Wayne is your leader Five and one, a wonderful week last week, followed by Larry in second place. He went four and two. I went three and three. Todd went two and four. 
75% of us, 500 or better. Folks, stick with us for the pick six. We're actually getting these right. We could probably win you some money. That's what we're here for. Let's get to the final thought and let's get you out of here because I know you're heading on vacation. My final thought, I already mentioned the hot takes on Colorado. Pump the brakes on those, so I'm just going to say this. Guys, it's opening weekend of the NFL. It's absolute football chaos from Thursday to Monday night this week. You get college. You get pro. You get it all. Enjoy safely. Wayne, what's your final thought, buddy? Uh, well, I, I'm uh, excited about uh, the upcoming trip uh, to Colorado. Uh, I've never been at that altitude before, so we'll see how I, that treats me or if I can. Uh, uh, we'll find out. I don't know. I've never been up that high before. And uh, where at are you least going not again? at least not physically. What's that? <laughs> where are you going again? Uh, Steamboat Springs. That's right, Steamboat. I used to work at Winter Park, about an hour and a half away from okay. there. Beautiful Excellent. area. You'll love it out there. The elevation is not too bad, and honestly, you're getting you're going at a really good time. So during the day, yeah. it'll probably be forty. Maybe you'll get that thirty degree day. Uh, at that elevation, but you're going to see what it feels like at 30 degrees in that elevation. It feels like it's 65. It is just absolutely breathtaking. Most okay. beautiful part of the country uh, in terms of some people. I like it. It's beautiful out there. I lived out there, like I said, for a couple seasons. Safe travels. Wayne, we will see you all next week on, I think, late. we're going to do a late week show on Friday yeah. next week. So stay tuned on social media. For Larry, who's in Rome calling the Braves game. For TC Todd Quarter. For Wayne Below Me, our fabulous producer. I'm JJ Jurjevich. Thanks for tuning in and get you one. We'll see you next week, folks. Mm-hmm.